You're listening to For the Love of Dharma. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. I'm a spiritual and integrative life coach who specializes in nervous system regulation, rewiring the subconscious mind, and of course, finding your Dharma. I'm a self-proclaimed personal development junkie who left my 20-year corporate career in 2021 without a plan except to trust my intuition that it was the right time to go. I'm obsessed with helping more people expand their perspectives, step into their truth, and fall madly in love with their lives. You're in the right place if you're ready to uncover your passions, reclaim your radiance, discover your soul's calling, and step into the highest version of yourself while you learn to live life on your terms in a fun and authentic way. Welcome to this magical adventure where we'll ponder life's big questions together. Here we go. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. Okay guys, I'm going to be really real with you right now and my brain has been feeling super scattered. I kept trying to decide what I wanted to talk about on this episode and it was so all over the place, which made me procrastinate. And so here I am with no plan for what to talk about. But I'm so stubborn that I refuse to skip a week just because I'm ill-prepared. So I'm not sure where this episode is going to go, but just come along with me and you can see where this goes with me. I do know that the first thing I want to tell you about is that I created a free quiz that you can take to find out where your brain might be playing tricks on you. So all of this started because I have always loved taking quizzes. I used to get magazines all the way back to like when I was a teenager, if not earlier. And my favorites were the issues that had quizzes. I didn't care what the magazine was or what the topic of the quiz was. If there was a quiz, I was taking it. So I thought it would be fun for me to create my own quiz. I have worked with so many clients that when I ask them if they've considered that they they are a people pleaser or they have a fear of failure or whatever, they literally have no idea. And then we talk about it and I tell them where I'm coming from and then it all starts to make sense to them. So that's what this is, but in quiz form. The quiz just came out yesterday and so many people have already taken it and they've loved it. So if you want to get in on it and see what all the hype is about, the link is in today's show notes. So just click on that and enter your email address and then check your inbox. It's totally free and will probably only take you five minutes or less to take the quiz. Our brains are designed to keep us safe and it defines unsafe as something it doesn't understand, doesn't feel comfortable with, or some aspect of it is unfamiliar. Like this is such a silly example, but when I was like 18 years old, I was working for this really tiny business and we all went to a trade show in Chicago. I remember when I left, my boss hailed a taxi for me to take to the train station so that I could get home. And I had never ridden in a cab before. 
I was on high alert because it was something I had never done. And I was 18 and my entire nervous system was freaking out. Also, the driver was not a safe driver at all. And I'm pretty sure we almost died at least three times. So there's that. But my point is that I didn't feel safe. And because of that, I had no confidence in that specific situation. Lack of confidence is just one of the ways that our brains sabotage us into staying in situations it's familiar with. You know, when it comes to confidence, I think so many of us struggle with allowing ourselves to be cringe at something that we don't even start or try something new. We have this weird idea that other people are born being able to do everything with ease and grace and that they're just never uncomfortable. But this is just a story we're telling ourselves, a very untrue story. Being willing to be cringe is actually a sign of strength, but I know it doesn't feel like that in the moment. I've been making TikTok videos for maybe two months now, and I can't even stand to watch them back. I hate them so much, but I also know that on some level, I'm getting better, whether that's in how I come across or if I sound more myself or if I can remember what I want to say for more than three words at a time. I am making progress. Are they still cringe? Totally. Or at least I think so, but I keep going. Your brain is going to tell you that you're the worst and that nobody else goes through this phase or that it doesn't last as long or that you're not good enough or whatever. It's all lies. The brain is brilliant, but it's also a liar. It wants to keep you safe and new things aren't safe as far as the brain is concerned. Keep going anyway. Push through the cringe. Which brings me to the next thing. We are so freaking mean to ourselves. What's so interesting about us is that for literally every human on earth, okay, maybe not everyone, but like 99.9% of them, is that we come out of the womb knowing how to criticize ourselves and just accepting that criticism as fact. So let me be very clear right here. Whatever it is that you're bashing about yourself will not get any better by you telling yourself how much you suck. The only thing that's going to do is make the situation worse. You'll feel worse, you'll perform worse, you'll have more mistakes and inaccuracies. I get so mad when I see parents yelling at their kids to do better in sports or something. You might scare them to the point that they try to do better, but I guarantee you that they feel like shit about it the whole time. And even if they do win the game or whatever, I promise you that the next time they go to play, They're going to have all this anxiety about doing a bad job and not living up to expectations. And what's so messed up is that it's not just parents or coaches doing this to people. We do it to ourselves. We're constantly telling ourselves the story about why we aren't good enough. And that's really sad. And it's a very flawed strategy. 
Maybe some of you have heard about the Amoto rice experience, but if not, there was a Japanese businessman who wrote a book in the early 2000s about the structure of water. And then his research later went on to include rice, among other things. But the idea was that the water, and then later the rice, would react to positive thoughts and words. In the case of the water, he showed that polluted water could be cleaned through prayer and positive visualization alone. In the case of the rice, they put rice into three containers and they were all exactly the same. And then they added some water to each container. For one container, he spoke kindly and lovingly to the rice over a set period of time. And the rice stayed nice and white for many days into the experiment. In the second container was rice that was given negative thoughts and words. This rice turned moldy and gross really quickly. And in the third container, the rice was just ignored and wasn't given any thought or spoken to in any way. And that one only did slightly better than the one that was spoken to negatively. It's a really fascinating experiment. If you search Emoto rice experiment on YouTube, there are some short videos where you can actually watch what's happening on fast speed. Anyway, the whole point of that story is that it really shows how much better not only rice, but ourselves respond to love, kindness, encouragement, and affirmations. It's not just made up. The rice experiment and hundreds like it show how important it is for us to be nice to ourselves. I know when I was on a mission to lose weight a few years ago, every day I would look in the mirror and tell myself how strong I was and how proud I was of me. Not only do I absolutely swear that that gave me results that I never got talking shit to myself about my body, it boosted my mood so much. I was my own hype woman and it was the best thing ever. Instead of dreading looking in the mirror, it became a time where I connected with myself and really became my own best friend. I talked to myself the way that I would talk to someone I loved or even a younger version of myself. So just remember that the next time you're getting ready to tell yourself why you aren't good enough, flip the script and find something good that you can focus on and really feel that shift in your body. I think I've talked about perfectionism on the podcast before, but it's something that plagues so many of us. And when you really sit down to think about it, you realize how silly it is. Perfect in the way that we define it, doesn't exist. It's like Mean Girls, the movie, the limit does not exist. Same, same. Perfect does not exist. If you think about literally anything, a person, a place, a movie, a whatever, there are things that are imperfect about it. Some people call those flaws. I have a beanie that I got, I don't know, at least five years ago, and I love it. It says flossom on it. And I love that word because everything has flaws. It's in how we perceive those quote unquote flaws 
that determine how we feel about it. Or I've also heard this saying, perfectly imperfect. That's another way to put it. Nothing will be deemed perfect by everyone. So why the hell are we trying to put that kind of pressure on ourselves? If nothing and nobody is perfect, why do we think we should be? And what is perfect anyway? Because I guarantee you that even if you think something is perfect, there will be another person that disagrees. So what if we just got to a place of acceptance with ourselves where we love who we are and what we look like and we love our too muchness and clumsiness and we just give all of it a big bear hug and we tell ourselves that we are perfect exactly as we are. Can you imagine how much better that would feel than telling ourselves we should try harder to be perfect? I can't remember the specifics of it, but there was this experiment done. Here I am talking about another experiment, but (laughs) it was done with photos of women's faces and they took the same picture and showed it to men across a whole bunch of different countries across the globe. And they were told to alter the photo in a way that they thought the woman was the most beautiful. And it was super interesting. Some of these people made her face thinner, some wider, some with smaller eyes, bigger eyes, a smaller forehead, or a bigger nose. I loved this because absolutely none of the men ended up with a picture of a woman that looked exactly the same. As the saying goes, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So stop trying to be perfect for someone else. Be perfect for you. Your flaws, your imperfections, those are all part of you. Those make you who you are. If you love you, I promise you that you'll be less willing to accept people into your life that are just trying to change you. You won't tolerate it. You won't have time or energy for that. This was the single thing that changed everything in my life. And it shifted how I talked to myself and how I felt about myself and how I showed up in the world. You can do that too. All it takes is some self-awareness and a determination to make loving yourself the highest priority above all else. Okay, so I guess this kind of ended up being a pep talk episode, and I'm cool with that. I think this all came out because I needed to hear it, but I hope it resonated for you too. I really, really, really believe that we can change the world by being nicer to ourselves and loving and accepting who we are without constantly trying to change something. That's all I have for you today. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you feel called to share this with a friend who might need to hear it, I'm sure they would appreciate the love. Until next time, thanks for listening. Have a magical day.